Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are getting ready for the San Francisco 49ers home opener at Levi Stadium as the team comes in 2-0, defending home field against the New York Giants, who come in 1-1. We are going to dive into how San Francisco could, and matter of fact, should win this game. Gonna also talk about how the Giants can give San Francisco trouble coming off the short week playing on Thursday. Yes, Thursday, not Sunday this week. Again, at the home opener at Levi Stadium. Want to ask you one thing before getting into today's show. Please like and subscribe. You can always take that like back on YouTube if you don't like the content at the end of the show. But if you're going to stick around, let's dive into the San Francisco 49ers week number three opponent, the New York Giants. And I think to begin today, I want to ask a question. I want to ask you, the listener, and really the Giants themselves, who are the New York Giants? We know who the San Francisco 49ers are. They're currently 2-0. They mollywopped the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road at Acrisure Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field. They went into SoFi Stadium, a.k.a. Levi South, and reclaimed their home field advantage down there at SoFi Stadium and won 30-23. Who are the New York Giants, though? They're 1-1 in week one of the season. They lost 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing! against the Dallas Cowboys. In that game, they had 63 passing yards, averaged 2.6 yards per play, were 5 for 16 on third down, allowed 7 sacks, turned the ball over 3 times, and had 6 penalties for 72 yards. Then in Week 2, they happened to win 31-28 over the Lowell Cardinals, but at a point, at the end of the first half, they were down 20 to nothing. And being outscored 60 to nothing on the season after a game and a half of play. Now, to the Giants' credit, they came back and they stormed back onto the field in Arizona and Phoenix. And they outscored the Cardinals 31 to 8 to end that game and eventually win that game where they totaled 312 passing yards, 6.6 yards per play, 7 for 12 on first downs, just one turnover, only three sacks allowed and nine penalties for 75 yards. So again, who are the New York Giants? Are they the team of the, what, game and a half of play where they're being outscored 60-0? to Or are they second half against the Cardinals in Week 2 where they score 31 points and come from behind to beat the Cardinals and seemingly find their fire? My answer, I think, would be they're a little bit in between. They are a team that I do believe is in for a letdown this year. By all intents and purposes, they should be 0-2. They have an overpaid quarterback, a running back now in Saquon Barkley, who's not likely to play on Thursday. They have a banged-up offensive line. They have a defense led by, well, a fairly good defensive line in Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau and Leonard Williams. Two rookie cornerbacks playing behind them, and linebackers that frankly, aren't too good. So again, who are the New York Giants? They're led by a head coach in Brian Dayball, who I believe is one of the better head coaches in football, coming from the Bill Belichick and Nick Saban uh, lineage, or 
lineage, excuse me, of coaching. They have Mike Kafka, former, what, Philadelphia Eagle and Kansas City Chief quarterback, coached under Andy Reid in Kansas City. And they have Wink Martindale, who... He's not one of the better defensive coordinators, but he is one of the better blitzing defensive coordinators who wants to attack with his 3-4 scheme. So leadership, probably a B plus. Head coach, definitely an A. He won coach of the year last year. But an overall roster, which is still deficient in many areas, where when you look across the sideline and see the San Francisco 49ers, who, to their own discredit, Brandon Ayuk may not play. They still have questions at nickel cornerback. Is it Amber Thomas, Lenore? Isaiah Oliver played well for a half and came up big in moments, getting a pick and a great third down tackle, but for a game and a half, didn't play well. Uh, They've had certain issues, not getting pressure, but getting sacks. Nick Bosa currently has zero. They had, what, one last week against the Rams. They have six total on the season, with the first one not coming until 30 seconds left in the third quarter against the Rams in week two, so... While we know who the San Francisco 49ers are, despite maybe their concerns on defense, we truly do not know who the New York Giants are. And coming into a short week, traveling to the Bay Area from Arizona, mind you, not from the East Coast, San Francisco having a huge home crowd advantage against the Rams last week. They're coming home to Levi Stadium to, I'm going to assume, to be a raucous, insanely rowdy crowd in front of the faithful for the first time this year. The first time since the Dallas Cowboys game in the NFC playoffs. Thursday, short week of rest, a Niners team that's, you can say they're banged up to a certain degree, facing a more banged up, more injured Giants team trying to still find themselves through week three of the NFL season. For the Giants in this game, I point to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is someone who, in my opinion, is... I wouldn't say he's overrated, but I do think the money on his contract would indicate he might be overrated, in my opinion. Um, He's probably, what, the 18th to 20th best quarterback in football. Doesn't do much great, but doesn't do too many poor things. It's going to keep you out of a game. In fact, he does a lot to keep you in games. Um, I do think Jones is very coddled in how he plays. His success is very reliant on the coaching staff, the play calling, where he's a good decision maker like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, but he's not going to push the ball downfield. He's not going to force the defense to beat him through the air, force him to stop a 50-yard pass downfield. Um, But he is going to take care of the football. He's not going to turn it over, despite what early stats might indicate, unless he's regressing, which can certainly happen. He's going to keep the Giants in the game. That being said, again, he's not going to push the ball downfield. He's going to operate within the system and only the system. And it's going to be a bunch of five, ten-yard passes, some comebackers, some crossers, and it's not going to feel like this explosive Giants offense. They are going to want to utilize the run game. The read option being one of the biggest uh, factors in their offense. They call Daniel Jones Vanilla Vic for a reason. This offense is not going to be explosive through the air. In fact, Daniel Jones 
I could argue is one of the bottom tier quarterbacks when it comes to pocket awareness. And he will leave clean pockets, although better than Kenny Pickett. Um, Daniel Jones is one of those players, and I think it's because the coaching staff told him so, where if you don't like what you see, get out of the pocket and run. Um, it's not one read and go, but it's very much, if you don't like the look, call hike and start running away. Uh, and that's the coaching staff. I don't want to say not trusting Daniel Jones, but very much in a way of like, if you feel one inch of uneasiness, tuck it and run. And if there's one defense to cause a quarterback like Daniel Jones uneasiness, my guess would be it's the San Francisco 49ers defense with Fred Warner playing at a defensive player of the year level. Nick Bosa in game three looking for his first sack. Drake Jackson looking to get back in the sack column for the first time since week one. And guys like Javon Hargrave and Mooney Ward and Hufunga are trying to force turnovers and still get sacks up front. It just feels like that this is a a mismatch for the Giants at almost every single level, especially for Daniel Jones. And going further for Daniel Jones, it's not like he's going to have his team fully healthy. Uh, the offensive line itself, uh, their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, might not play on Thursday. And Andrew Thomas is a great left tackle. In fact, he would be, I don't know, a top three player, top four left tackle in football. And once Trent Williams eventually retires, I wouldn't be surprised in two or three years, Andrew Thomas is that top guy in the NFL. He is that good when it comes to protecting Daniel Jones's blind spot. But if he doesn't play, you have a backup left tackle on the field. Um, hello, Nick Bosa. Hello, Drake Jackson. Hello, Clellan Farrell. But on the right side of the offensive line, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones' strong side, you have Evan Neal, who... I like Evan Neal. He's a big body, mobile, physical tackle, but he hasn't been that great in pass pro throughout his entire career. And against the lowly Cardinals, 45.9 PFF grade, 54.1 pass block grade, 54.5 run block grade, all those zero sacks, gave up two pressures, one hit and a hurry. It does feel like that the Giants, in a way... Because if Thomas doesn't play, if Neal continues to struggle, which, mind you, anything under 60 in PFF grades is a poor grade. You want to be above at least 60. He was below 55 on every single category overall, pass block, and run block. Evan Neal, if you look at the offense of the Giants and say, how can you beat them up front, it's attacking Evan Neal, and if Andrew Thomas can't play, attacking the backup left tackle on the Giants' offensive line, leading to pressure to Daniel Jones, getting in his face, hitting him early, and again, Daniel Jones being a very poor, or having poor pocket awareness, you're going to force some sacks. You are going to open the door to end drives early. And after two weeks, so through week two, the Giants offensive line has allowed 35 pressures, 35, eight total sacks, 23 hurries and four quarterback hits. If there is a day for Nick Bosa 
to get his first sack of the season. If not number two or number three sack of the season, it's going to be this Thursday against the Giants. This offensive line has struggled throughout the first two weeks. Now, mind you, do you know who a team is through two weeks? That's the big question. Which Giants team is going to show up? But even through those two weeks, they've played one half of good football. This Giants offensive line has struggled. Now, mind you, they're young. They can improve. If they're going to be that Giants team who played the last half in Arizona, we're going to see a gutted out, hard fought game for San Francisco up front. But if it's the Giants offensive line from a quarter and a half in Dallas in the first half against the Cardinals, you can wrap this thing in a bow. Like, this thing is going to be over quick. I'm not going to say it's going to be, you know, a large number of, of margin of victory, but I, I do think San Francisco has a chance to attack a young offensive line early, get to Daniel Jones and force him to pass the football by getting up early in this game, which Daniel Jones in this Giants offense seemingly has not shown the ability to do. And look, the Niners aren't the Cardinals. If you get down 20 to zero, this game is going to be over quickly. And I'm sure San Francisco wants to attack. They want to get up early, give guys like Christian McCaffrey a rest. If Brandon Ayuk does play in this game, get him off the field early, let him rest, and, and give these guys, their star players, an extended period to get their bodies right for week four against the Cardinals in a Sunday and a half from now. But this Giants team, with their poor offensive line plays, playing three defensive linemen in San Francisco who rank inside the top 15 in pressures among defensive tackles. Javon Hargrave, 7th with 8. Kinlaw, Armstead, tied for 13th with 6. And then you add in Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson, who are going to be aggressively attacking. And if I'm Steve Wilkes, well, yes, you have to watch out for Daniel Jones' running ability. Take a risk early. Try to attack him. The Giants are going to want to blitz Brock Purdy. Well, yes, you, you have to watch out for the, the zone read and the read option stuff. Send Ufanga back there. See what he can do. Bank on your star players. Bank on your elite defensive line wreaking havoc on a poor Giants pass block thus far through two weeks. But again, the Giants, or the, the Niners, excuse me, have struggled really since, what, 2018, 2019, since they've been one of the best teams in football against Mobile quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, even seen players like Dak Prescott at times who isn't too mobile hurt this team with their legs. Kyler Murray a handful of times, and now Daniel Jones, who might be the most underrated runner for a quarterback. Again, he's white. That definitely plays a factor into him being underrated with his legs. But through 18 games with Brian Dable as head coach, Jones has totaled 810 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. In fact, Daniel Jones has the second highest scramble rate in the NFL behind only former MVP Lamar Jackson. Daniel Jones is averaging 45 yards on the ground per game. He can outrun linebackers and beat these guys to the edge. He can extend big plays and this year, this is going to be Steve Wilkes' first test in the Niners' first test against a mobile quarterback that, indeed, while maybe he doesn't have the best arm or the best physical traits, 
can certainly beat them with his legs, extend plays, extend drives, and maybe put this defense on their heels at certain points in this game. And if he gets moving, we've seen Daniel Jones have one of the fastest sprint times, sprint numbers for a quarterback. Now, he fell over himself, mind you, but Daniel Jones can do things with his legs that no other quarterback San Francisco has faced through two weeks has done. And I can argue since Jalen Hurts, and that was a weird game in itself, but look before that. Like Daniel, like the Giants haven't faced, or the Niners, excuse me, haven't faced a quarterback like Daniel Jones since last season. And I don't know even know who the quarterback would have been. Maybe Kyler Murray, but he was hurt last year. This feels like the first test in a long time for San Francisco's defense against a mobile quarterback. If it was me, this may be a game where Jair Brown plays, where you do play three safeties and put Brown Hufunga in the box and say, we are going to dare you to beat us over the top. The Giants don't like to do that. Daniel Jones, more specifically, doesn't like to throw the ball deep. Now, they do have players on this roster that certainly can do so, that one of them being Jalen Hyatt caught a big touchdown pass against the Cardinals last week for like 65 yards. Daniel Jones has the arm. He's going to get guys open, that being Brian Dable, the head coach and offensive coordinator for the Giants. He's going to get guys open in space, deep crossing routes, and he will let guys like Hyatt and Slayton and even Paris Campbell go deep. The issue with the Giants is, and this is a bigger concern for me, is that they have like seven slot receivers. Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, Wanda Robinson, and they have a bunch of guys that can do so many different things. Isaiah Hodgins, who I went to high school with, he'll go up and get it against you easily. I mean, he was catching like 30 touchdowns in high school now. Again, it's high school, but Hodgins has the skill to beat you and for a small cornerback like Lenore, if, if Hodgins is playing outside, if I'm Daniel Jones, I test a smaller cornerback in Dominor Lenore. If I'm the Giants and Dable, I test Isaiah Oliver with faster slot receivers and say, hey, if you are going to play a bigger body nickel cornerback that's a little slower, albeit more physical, let's see if you can keep up with guys like Jalen Wyatt, who's a insanely fast, Wanda Robinson, who is... They want us, you know, they want him to be Debo Samuel Light or someone like Sterling Shepard, who, albeit it's been hurt for a lot of his career, still has something to give in the NFL. Like on paper and really on the field, the Giants don't stand out with their weapons, but with Brian Dable, they can put up points. They can give you fits. And if things go poorly, now I don't think it's going to, but I would not be surprised if the Giants put together two strong drives and they score 14 points on Thursday against the Giants, who are the Niners, excuse me, aren't going to be on their heels. But short week, guys might be tired, might be a little gassed. Even Kyle Shanahan said today, it feels like you wake up on a Friday and all of a sudden the game's in front of you, right? Where you wake up on Monday morning and it feels like Tuesday is actually the game day and you've had no time to prep, no time to rest. Your body isn't healed yet and your defense, which played a physical second half, pretty much pitching a shutout against the Rams, only allowing three points in the second half of that game, and blitzed a lot towards the end. I'm sure they're tired, emotions run high, your body needs time to 
build itself back up and recover and they haven't had the opportunity just yet and the giants who are riding high they might come and fire it up wanting to prove something this is going to be a game where i think both teams the niners wanting to defend home field and be three and oh the giants wanting to show that week one and really week one and one and a half the first half against arizona was a fluke that that's a week one blunder that's not who they are the niners though i think they have the edge on most of these things and the biggest factor to me is that saquon barkley he's not gonna play um if he does which would discount adam schefter ian Rappaport saying he's gonna be out for three weeks with a a, a normal ankle uh, um, ankle uh, ankle injury <laughs> it's like okay so you sprain your ankle and it's a normal one you're out three weeks and brian dable's like oh he might play he's not playing and if he's not going to play which it seems like he's not going to play and shouldn't play on a short week that takes away their best offensive weapon takes away a player who really opens up their offense with the read option and zone reads and gives the defense something to look out for it's look daniel jones isn't the only person that can beat us the receivers may not be good on paper but you have saquon barkley back there you have to look out for one of the best running backs in football he's not going to be out there so they're going to have to play matt Breida, who only has three carries so far this year uh, gary brightwell a, a power back i dare you to run between the tackles against this defense hargrave armstead bosa warner greenlaw they are going to kill you uh, eric gray who i like I'm a, I'm a big sooner fan from oklahoma eric gray's fine he's an inside zone guy that's just not something that works against this defense so if you're asking me it's going to be a very one-dimensional game for the giants either passing the football short intermediate routes which doesn't seem to work against the niners or if you're not Matthew Stafford, who is pinpoint accurate and works once it gets in rhythm, it's not going to work against the Niners. And a mobile quarterback, which has given San Francisco fits, but this year, we haven't seen it yet, and a new defensive coordinator, just blitz, put a guy in the box, make them stop you. They're not going to beat you over the top. Bring Ufanga down. Blitz early make the giants have to beat you over the top they can't do it well take that back daniel jones can do it he just won't do it he's reluctant to throw the ball deep he'll have guys wide open downfield kind of like jimmy garoppolo albeit daniel jones's armor is much better than jimmy g's but he'll have guys open downfield with nobody around them or, or a guy beating a defender late or deep downfield and just won't throw it down there make him have to beat you and i think steve wilkes seeing how he guarded or, or defended the second half against the rams snuffed that stuff out and got two takeaways brought some blitzing and again this could be a game for jair brown drake greenlaw and fred warner should have plenty of tackles in this game and honestly if there's one area where i think the giants can excel it's maybe attacking isaiah oliver who's someone who has not locked down that nickel cornerback spot just yet and the Niners in this game to me aren't going to fear the Giants now you cannot take them lightly that's the difference you cannot fear somebody but you cannot take them lightly if you come in and play down to your opponent that's when great teams lose 
Um, the Giants, or the Niners, excuse me, lost against the Falcons in 2019. Why? They took their opponent lightly. Turnovers happen. You get lackadaisical. Bad things happen, and bad teams end up beating good teams. That cannot happen on Thursday against the Giants, and I don't think it will. I think Shanahan has this team so focused uh, day by day, and I think right now the Niners see an opportunity to get ahead of and increase their lead against the Rams and against a team like uh, the Seattle Seahawks, where the Rams are playing the Chargers, I believe. I could be wrong there. but Or the Bengals, excuse me, and Burrow might not play. Every game counts. You don't want to falter early in the season and cost yourself. And you're fighting for the one seed with the Eagles and the Giants, or the Cowboys. You have to win these games where your opponent's banged up, they're hurt, it's your home opener, and you win this game, you get a whole week and a couple extra days to prep for the Cardinals, who are the worst team in football. You have to win this game. If you win this game, you're almost guaranteeing yourself a 4-0 start going into week five against the Cowboys. You win this game, you are sitting there and saying, wow, we have the Cardinals in a week and a half. We should win that game before 0 And maybe you're playing the Cowboys, who are, I don't know, 3-1. and Or maybe you're playing two undefeated teams, and the Cowboys and Niners are going head-to-head in, in Week 5. Who knows? This is a game you have to win. And my mind thinks of get revenge on those freaking playoff games where Kyle Williams... <laughs> fumbles the football twice or the T.O. game with Michael Strahan pointing to the scoreboard saying we gotcha there's history here I hope the Giants wear their 90s throwbacks I want to see the the old you know Niners red throwbacks and and Giants old white throwbacks I want to see these teams go head to head with some smash mouth football and I think we'll see that and for San Francisco offensively I mean this is a game where you can establish the run against the Giants pretty easily. Now, to give them credit, um, the Giants have one of the best defensive lines on paper in football on the interior. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are top-tier guys when it comes to eating up the inside of an offense. Brendel, Banks, and Burford, and Burford and Banks and Brendel, the, the law firm, they've been really good this year. Banks hasn't allowed a sack or a quarterback hit all year. Brendel's been sturdy in his second year as a starter. And Spencer Burford, after not having the best week one, was pretty good against the Rams in week two. So I have to ask if they can stop Aaron Donald and then you're playing the Giants this week and Dexter Lawrence is probably on par or at least below very little bit. Aaron Donald and you have Lena Williams, this is to me going to be the Niners' biggest test against a stronger interior defensive line. Can you handle two strong defensive linemen on the interior? Uh, I would like to think yes. And even on the outside, uh, Aziz Al Aziz Al Jalari, who may not play in this game, mind you, and Kayvon Thibodeau, they haven't been great. Um, Al Jalari's hurt and may not play, but Thibodeau, very slow start thus far against the Cardinals, uh, 52.4 overall grade, 49.8 against the run, 51.9, 52 against the pass, and 64.7 in coverage. Just two pressures, one quarterback hit, one hurry, and no sacks. The Giants thus far this year are a team that likes to blitz, but cannot get to the quarterback. In fact, 
the Giants through two weeks, they rank fourth in the NFL in blitz rate at a 42 percentage. They're blitzing 42% of the time, yet they're the only team that has a goose egg, zero, seto, nada, zip, zilch in the sack column. They're also tied for 29th in quarterback hurries with just two and 27th in pressure. The Giants like to blitz, but they can't get to the quarterback, can't create pressure, and when they create the pressure, can't finish the job. Again, which Giants are going to show up? The Giants that their defense just sucks? giving up, I don't know, what is it, 68 points through two games? Or are they going to somehow find a spark that they had in Arizona in the second half and bring that over to Levi Stadium? You can't take them lightly, but the stats thus far, they're a young defense, and I get Brian Dable and Wink Martindale and Kafka said, enough is enough, stop the BS, we are not as bad as we've shown through a, a game and a half, figure this you know what out and they did figure it out to their credit but they're not playing the cardinals they're not playing a you know bottom tier number one pick in the draft team this week they're playing arguably the best team in the nfc and they got a 40 burger put on them against the cowboys if you're the niners you want to put 41 up against the giants and say hey look on a short week we did more than the Cowboys. Now, a win's a win. You put up three points or whatever, but this is a game to me where I get it. Again, short week. You can kind of start to compare. This is the one of the games you can compare San Francisco against the Cowboys. How did these two teams do against the exact same opponent? And if San Francisco comes out and puts up 33 points or 30 points again and steamrolls them, we're sitting here saying... It's Niners and Cowboys and Philadelphia's there as well, I guess. But I think right now for San Francisco, yes, get healthy. Yes, just win the game and defend your home field. But also for San Francisco, you want to kind of one-up the Dallas Cowboys and go, you put up 40, here's 41, right? You don't want to sit back and have Dallas Cowboys fans say, well, you know, back in September, we played the Giants and we scored 40. You only scored 28, now, again, I don't think San Francisco is going to score 40 points, but I wouldn't be surprised that there's some extra motivation <laughs> on the team coming into this game. And it's going to be tough, but there are some areas where the Giants, their defense, despite giving up 68 points, well, they are going to blitz the quarterback and Brock Purdy thus far through two weeks. Hasn't been great against the blitz. Hasn't been bad, I don't think. But when blitzed and when pressured, when blitzed, 54.5 completion percentage, 137 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt in one touchdown. When just pressured, 52.6 completion percentage, 124 yards and 6.5 yards in attempt. So it seems like when Brock Purdy's pressured, he's completing over half of his passes. He's averaging 120 yards an attempt. Or excuse me, <laughs> that'd be crazy. 120 yards uh, when pressured or blitzed. And averaging 6.3 yards an attempt when blitzed and pressured with, with one touchdown. It doesn't seem like the pressure, the blitzing has affected him too much. But this is a game where 
just like I think San Francisco should take a risk early, the Giants are going to leave receivers open. Leave Kittle, leave McCaffrey, leave Debo. If Ayuk plays, Ayuk, Ronnie Bell, Jawan Jennings, they're going to leave these guys open and they're going to allow Purdy to, I don't want to say beat them on easy throws, but how do you negate blitzes, quick passes, end arounds? Who's the best team at that stuff? Oh, wait, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I would like to think this is a game where you can give Christian McCaffrey a break, let guys like Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell finally get in games and alleviate the the workload Christian McCaffrey has. And I think San Francisco is going to try to do that, but let, let McLeod get a couple of plays in this game. Throw the Giants off early. Let other players do something for you. And I think in this game where... You're going to have safety blitzes and you're going to have linebackers trying to get in the backfield early and you're going to see them rush five, six, seven players. This is a game where the Niners offense should work at an all-time level, where you're going to have guys running wide open. Kyle Juszczyk, I think, is going to have a big play. Just one play in this game where he leaks out up the seam, 30 yards, goes for 45 and you know falls short of the end zone by 10 yards, gets you in the red zone. This feels like one of those games where Ayuk and Devo and Kittle and McCaffrey are accounted for, then it's like, oh, here's Kyle Juszczyk. Don't forget about him, too. Um, There is one thing that does concern me when it comes to this game on Thursday, and it really doesn't have to do with football. I know some of y'all were out there watching Ed Sheeran at Levi Stadium, and to that I say... I hope you had fun, but because they want to have a concert out there, well, just like Taylor Swift and Beyonce, Ed Sheeran's concert is gigantic stage, all the seats in the crowd. They had to rip up the grass and are currently replacing it, so we're going to have brand new grass at Levi Stadium, and unfortunately, that's not always the best case scenario. There, there have been injuries to have happened, knock on wood. I want no one to get hurt on both sides of the football, but new grass, it opens the door for certain things to happen. And on a home opener, the last thing you want is to have Christian McCaffrey again, knock on all the pieces of wood. We need him or Debo or someone else on new grass slip fall. Uh Oh, something bad happened. So that's a small thing. And again, I'm praying to, to God that doesn't happen on Thursday, but It's something to keep an eye on and watch out for. And when you look at the Giants and how bad they are against the run, I'm going to assume that San Francisco was going to want to run the football. Against the run this year, the Giants defense, who was one of the worst units in the NFL last year prior to Week 8, picked things up at the second half of the season, forcing their way into a playoff game against the Vikings and winning. But against the run this year... 136 yards per game, 4.6 yards a carry, and almost two and a half touchdowns per game. Um, What's Christian McCaffrey averaging? Oh, almost six yards a pop, 120 yards a game, and one touchdown as well. So if there is a game where you want to alleviate Christian McCaffrey and still get the bang for your buck, against this run defense is certainly the team 
to bet against or bet on, excuse me. Um, but also because of those stats, I want to see Elijah Mitchell. I want to see Jordan Mason. I want to see guys that have fresh legs get action. This is a game where I think San Francisco, you can have CMC for 18 touches, 15 carries and three catches for all I care. But Mitchell should get six carries. Mason should get four carries. Um, you are going to be able to dictate the game with running the football, with your running offense. And I think it's going to open up and keep the Giants honest when they blitz. It's going to make them account for the best running back in football after Nick Chubb gets hurt, and I hope he gets healthy. It was a horrible injury. But Chris McCaffrey is the most dynamic player on offense in the NFL, and I think for the Giants, if you have McCaffrey rushing for six yards against you, four and a half yards against you, you say, okay, let's, let's stack the box. Let's make, let's change that. You're opening yourself up for disaster because Purdy, he can make up for the three big passes he missed against the Rams and maybe hit you over the top. Now, this is where I do think the, the Brandon Ayuk injury comes into play. Because the Giants, again, if McCaffrey is just crushing them over and over and over again, or it's Elijah Mitchell, you are going to want to have Brandon Ayuk on the field. Now, would I play him? Probably not. Short week, you want him to get healthy. Uh, According to Jack Hammer of the uh, Santa Rosa Press Democrat, it's not really serious. It's not a broken clavicle. It's no ligament damage, but it's pain tolerance is what the, the, it's going to determine if he does indeed play. And I hope that's true. I hope Jack's sources are correct. I, I trust Jack. I, I, I like Jack. He's a good friend, but you have to wonder, do you want to risk Brandon Ayuk suffering a serious injury and maybe him having, I don't know what, 10 days off would help him get healthy and not suffer a bad injury and I think you can survive the Giants without Brandon Ayuk like if I told you San Francisco had Debo and George Kittle who I think could be in for a big game we've been waiting for the the Nick Bosa and George Kittle big games um this could be that game for Kittle Uh, the Giants don't have the best pass defending linebackers again they have players like Isaiah Simmons, who's supposed to be the George Kittle stopper a couple years ago and fanned out and got traded to the Giants. And he's a fine player, and I think he fits this Giants defense, but he's not going to stop George Kittle. You have players like Micah McFadden, who, if you're going to target a linebacker, he's the player to do. Like, gun to your head, you're going to target Bobby O'Karake, Isaiah Simmons, or Micah McFadden? Micah McFadden's your guy. Um... But I think the Niners in this game, they are going to want to have an Ayuk type of player that can beat any cornerback on his routes, uh, is going to find space easily, and especially with blitzing, it pays to have a player like Ayuk on the field that can beat any cornerback out of his route and you know separate the most in space and give Brock Purdy someone on a consistent basis to throw to. And Brandon Ayuk is usually that guy. And if that's not on the field on Thursday, well, it's going to be, I don't want to say, you know, game breaking for San Francisco, but it's going to change to a small degree. Uh, I think the success Brock Purdy has, and I think it's going to make them more reliant on a George Kittle. 
a Debo Samuel and arounds in, in, in the flats. And Kyle Juszczyk's with, look, San Francisco, if Brandon Ayuk wants to get healthy and miss a game, can't afford to, <laughs> to let that happen. This is not a, oh my goodness, Brandon Ayuk's out, game over, man. This is, okay, Ayuk, get healthy. We can take care of business here. But I do think that if they're going to blitz, which the Giants are, having a space eater like Ayuk out there is going to certainly help Brock Purdy. And they have great chemistry. I think if Ayuk wasn't hurt against the, the Rams, they win that game by, I don't know, 15, 16 points. I think he makes their offense more explosive. And But you also have young players like Ronnie Bell, who played really well against the Rams and showed to be a dog. And Kyle Juszczyk said he's one of us. Um, you can see that Shanahan is trusting a young Rookie receiver, which really hasn't happened since Ayuk. Um, could we see Bell get a start in this game? Why not? You're going to run the football well. Why not give someone like Bell, who's a good route runner, give him his first action in prime time in the home opener against the Giants at Levi Stadium? Um, now, in the passing game, I think the Giants, who are starting two rookie cornerbacks, Deontay Banks' first-round pick this year, who I think is going to be a stud in a few years, isn't there just yet through two weeks, who would have thought? Um, then Trey Hawkins, who, he's a guy, he's unproven, um, rather, he's been tested against the Cowboys, but against the Cardinals, not tested much, but Banks is fine in coverage. The difference is, is that you can beat the Giants, who play a ton of man coverage. I mean, when you're going to blitz and also play man coverage, you're betting on your defense not getting beat by Debo and Kittle. And if Ayuk plays, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Juszczyk, McCaffrey. That's so unlikely to happen <laughs> where your defense can stand tall against this offense where even if guys like Xavier McKinney play well against the run, it's not going to change much. Where guys like Jason Panak, who is somehow starting in the NFL, you can test these guys. You can attack this defense through the air, and we already ran through, well, no pun intended, their run defense. The Giants are a young team. They're a team that I think surprised many last year, but they're a team right now who lacks identity. They know what they want to do, and on offense, not having Saquon Barkley removes that opportunity. Where Matt Breida, who's he's fast, we know him very well here in San Francisco. Then there's guys like Eric Gray, who's like, you may have some 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 power to your punch, but running inside zone and zone reads and read options, and this feels like a very much a Daniel Jones on an island because there is no Saquon and San Francisco forcing him to beat them, which Daniel Jones just isn't that guy. He's not that guy who's going to step up in the pocket and beat you down. But he isn't Mahomes. He isn't, you know, the Burroughs and the Jacksons and the Hurts and the Allens. In fact, he's more like Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, who, whether it's this team with the Vikings or the Lions, if they're playing San Francisco, my money is going to be on San Francisco 99% of the time. Now, maybe the short week makes that 75%. But it does feel like San Francisco is going to win this game, and it's going to be tough. Um, I think it's going to be 
rather low scoring for a Niners offense through two games this far. They're not going to score 30 points in my opinion, but listen up here. There is a chance the San Francisco 49ers want to not make a statement, but want to put the nail in the coffin early. We have seen the Niners come into a game against the Rams, mind you, Monday night football, Thursday night football, and just come in and go, oh, I don't know, short week might be tough and put up 35. And you're like, oh, wow, that was easy. Um, against the Giants, who, again, are a young team, but have a good head coach, good OC, and good defensive coordinator, who, by all intents and purposes, they should be a wild card team or fighting for a wild card spot this year. San Francisco, in a way, could beat three playoff contenders by the end of week three. Steelers are up and down. Kenny Pickett sucks. Matthew Stafford and the Rams are better than they thought they were going to be coming into this year. And the Giants should be one and two by the end of this game. But I think by the end of the year can win nine games again and find themselves in the thick of the, the wild card hunt and maybe upset somebody. Maybe they beat the, the Eagles later in the year or I don't know, they fight against Washington or knock out the Seahawks. Who knows? Or the Vikings again. Who knows, right? This does feel like San Francisco. They're going to win. 26-16, to 16, only by 10 points. I want to give the Giants some credit here, some props. Short week, um, they have an offense that, albeit missing their best player, mobile quarterback, you want to give them some leeway and say, okay, they might score a few points early in this game and put San Francisco, um, maybe, you know, make them uneasy early, but ultimately it's going to be a clean game from Daniel Jones, not going to turn it over. And he'll keep the Giants in this game for a while, but I think San Francisco runs the ball very well with CMC Mitchell and maybe Jordan Mason, but also I think George Kittle makes his first, you know, impact in the passing game when it comes to catching and receiving the football on Thursday against the Giants. I have the Niners winning 26-16. If you want to go to this game, you have, what, a day and a half to get this thing done. Um, Go to SeatGeek.com, find your ticket you want, and put in promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase also if you're going to the game and you want to buy some merch use our link up above or down below at fanatics.com buy some merch buy a jersey buy a jersey buy a shirt do whatever you want to do and support the show in the meantime also we're gonna watch this game together live on twitter we'll be live tweeting throughout the entirety of the game Twitter at 49ers underscore access, Instagram 49ers dot access. And after the game, after the game, take your radio or download the Odyssey app and go to 95.7 The Game. Catch myself, Mark Grandy, and Alan Styles of the Styles Files. Many of you love Alan out there. Catch us after the show or after the game, excuse me, on overtime on 95.7 The Game reacting instant reaction instantly reacting <laughs> to the game and hopefully celebrating a 3-0 Niners season thus far in a victory on Thursday in the home opener at Levi Stadium 
after Thursday night. My name is Sterling Bennett saying thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to leave a like, leave a review, tell your friends about the podcast and stay tuned later this week. We're going to also react to the game on this very channel. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you for watching and listening again. And don't forget to leave a review. It helps the show within the charts. Until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett saying this has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful.